This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Apollo 13. Came out. Well, you, Bobo. God damn it. Came out in 1995. <laughs> Directed by Ron Howard. Written by Jim Lovell, Jeffrey Kluger, and others. Starring Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, Kevin Bacon, and Gary Sinise, Clint I I was, Howard. It, Jim Hubble, after the Hubble telescope. <laughs> no, not at all. Ed Harris, no. Kathleen Quinlan, and others. Um, I was the one who nominated this movie. I did see this in the theater when it came out. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, this is like during Tom Hanks' run of just like every summer. <laughs> uh, yeah. A big blockbuster. Yeah, some massive home runs. touchstone blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older, I just I like like it more and more. Uh, the main reason being just it's a movie about a bunch of egghead engineers doing stuff, and that's what I do. So I do like it when somehow if they can make math and sit behind a computer, exciting, I dig it. So you just you just mentioned like a, like the top part of my list, Jeff. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I tried to keep it in broad terms, but yeah, just basically the engineering aspect is really why I like it because it just that's what I do. You know, it's like. I'm not Liam Neeson and taking with a particular set of skills. My skills are different. So when I can see it portrayed on the screen and like, I'm not a NASA engineer. Not, <laughs> I'm the bottom of the bottom, but it's still <laughs> what I do. So anyway, you're no good while hunting either. I am not. Uh, all right, Scott, what's your, uh, whatever with this movie. <laughs> my number seven. Uh, no, not number seven, but your. Oh, that's right. History oh, my of experience. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm out of it today. Uh, so yeah, I, I Pretty sure I saw this in the theater as well, and really enjoyed it. Um, I hadn't seen it in a while, uh, but I, I had seen it several times before then, just in cable runs. And uh, yeah, at the, at the time, I, I I don't know if I would call it groundbreaking, uh, but there there was definitely some A plus uh, special or visual effects anyway going on in this movie that still hold up. Definitely. All right. Yeah, since yeah, most of them were practical. Anyways, that's on my list. All right, Alex. I also saw this in the movie theaters. Um, I can't say whether I saw it at the old Cynodome or not, but maybe I saw it at the Regal. But yeah, I love this movie. I'm usually not into like uh, heavy dramas, and especially not when I was a kid. But uh, Tom Hanks could do no wrong at this time, and so I went in, taking a chance, and it was awesome. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, I guess in uh, Forrest Gump, in the book, he Forrest actually ends up going into outer space, but they didn't put that in the movie, because maybe it was a bit too silly, but also because they knew that Thomas Hanks was working on Apollo 13, like that was like his next project. Yeah. They they cut out a lot of things from Forrest Gump that weren't in the book. He goes up there with a chimp. He, he wrestled with a chimp? He goes up there with a chimp. Oh, Sounds like with it's a good they left that out of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and it turned into Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah. 
All right, we'll start off. As usual, we're each going to do uh, a list of seven items, talking points for the movie. Um, my number seven, and this is something like I see now more than I did as a kid. I like how they show what it's like for fam- the families of the astronauts right during this time. Mm. Whether it was even before the disaster happened, you could just tell like the wives and kids did not want their dads you know, going into space. That's how still dangerous it was and is. And I just like that. That's something they showed. You never really see that, right? You just see the celebrity astronaut or celebrity this. Or even nowadays with, I'm sure, commercial pilots or whatever. just just, Or test pilots and stuff. Like, I don't know. I just like that little aspect they show this movie. Um, I I agree in part with that, Jeff. I -hmm. I felt like there was a little too much melodrama uh, injected into the the film. I mean, you know, at, at over two hours, I... You know, would have liked to have seen more of the the NASA stuff. Um, like there was the part where the communication director or whatever his name was, or his title was, comes and asks her if if, if they can put stuff on the the lawn, and she's like, "You can take it out with my husband." Yeah. I was I was kind of rolling my eyes at that scene. Sure, I was too. But uh, and that, that, my my point being that there was a little that was probably the worst scene of that. But there was a little too much of of that. Like, I, it's fine seeing seem to be tense, and it's cool that you know. Yeah, these these aren't just you know robots for sitting out in space, uh, but um, yeah, it, a little too much melodrama for me. Just to sure. comment on that, and I, and I could agree with that. And that's I'll, I'll mention a little bit later on when I give it my score. But just like when he gets the the great news that he's doing Apollo thirteen, and her his best news is her like worst news, right? You can see it on her, like, stuff right? Like that. Right. I mean, and it's not. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I thought she was really good in this. Yeah, Kathy Coleman, mm-hmm. and then. She was in a fucking terrible movie after this. It also takes place in space, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> what is it? I don't even know what it is. Event Horizon? Yes. Oh. oh. <laughs> Scott hates Event Horizon. All right, uh, Scott, what's your number seven on Apollo 13? <laughs> oh, well, since we're talking about Apollo 13. <laughs> uh, I, Event I, Horizon is my number seven. <laughs> I, I like the whole part where he... Uh, well, they up in the... What were the names names of the two? So it was the Aquarius, and what was the other part? Uh, I mean, it's the Apollo. Uh, I don't know the name of the ship. The, yeah. the lander, the, the thing yeah, they yeah, ended up on, right? Yeah. Ah, I forgot. The limb, but... Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the limb. Like, But anyway, they, they were filming for broadcast to show what it was like in space. and um, <laughs> I, It made me laugh out loud when uh, <laughs> she, she asked if they knew that they weren't on TV. And he says, oh, we'll tell them when they get back." <laughs> uh, but, but, but more, more, more so for that. Just this, this was 1970, and already people were like, "Eh," like, you know. It, it, and from that, there's there's two different points. Um, one, just network television's always been horrible. Like, <laughs> let's yeah. talk about how they 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 put nothing but shit on network television. Just about, um, it's been like that way forever. <laughs> this is not a new thing. Um, but also it's, it's really sad that, that, that disinterest, um, uh, started taking root, like almost immediately, uh, the apathy toward what was going on. With yeah. NASA. I mean, Apollo 11, they land on the moon and then two later, they're already over it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just people or if that's American culture or some combination. Um, and again, TV plays a lot into that. Like how entertaining is it? You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. So the the whole thing is kind of depressing. <laughs> it, it, it was a it was a funny, very funny joke. Uh, 
but also really depressing at the same time. So that was my number seven. All right. Alex, number seven. Uh, my number seven is maths. Specifically, just because it blew me away. It didn't really hit me until I saw that, like, when they had the problem and everything, and the, the astronauts up in the capsule, like, pulled out, like, slide rulers. And even, <laughs> you know, when we saw it, it was like, holy shit. They're, like, calculating these complex, you know, formulas in order to survive and get back to Earth just on pencil, paper, and, like, little slide rulers and going over their math and checking it with the ground crew. That that was awesome. That was amazing. Yeah. And just, yeah, it's cool. I have a little more to say about this later. But, yeah, definitely uh, showing math. Study kids. Yeah. Stay in school. Yeah, I agree. More to say about it later. Steady. <laughs> Like, you don't really, you, you know that, oh, yeah, astronauts, and maybe this plays into, like, the apathy that Scott was talking about, but, yeah, everybody knows that you have to be super smart to be an astronaut, whatever, and then actually, like, seeing it, like, well, a dramatized version of it, but seeing kind of what they had to do in order to get back home and or even get up there in the first place, that was amazing. Yeah. It's not only being super smart, you have to be physical. Yeah, I mean, it's like the perfect human beings. Yeah. Like pretty, we we got to do the right stuff one of these days where they show all that. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And Space Cowboys. Which is <laughs> a sequel, right? I haven't seen that one. <laughs> I, I, I did like in the Archer or the, the, the Astronauts Go Rogue season four or whatever. <laughs> and they, they killed the black astronaut. <laughs> and, and Archer starts screaming at him oh my god you killed a black astronaut it's like killing a unicorn <laughs> Oh, there are a lot of white people in this movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. alright uh, my number six is it's a little gag but it is hilarious and I'm sure it's what it was at the time but as it's age I don't know it's when it, they have the Apollo 11 party at the beginning, right? And uh, Lovell and his wife and all the other astronauts are there. And they're watching Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin take the first steps in the moon. And these are like their buddies, right? And then he's like, God, was it Neil? Neil, like, Christopher Columbus, Neil Armstrong. Just doesn't sound right or whatever. And <laughs> And that's what it's become, right? Like... Neil Armstrong. Yeah. Everybody knows that name, but like, I just—it's just funny to think about. Like, that'd be like one of us all of a sudden did something. God damn it, Christopher Columbus and <laughs> Alex something. on the like. It's just—it's hilarious and it's so true. Like at the time, it's nobody, but it does go down in, <laughs> over history as you be. No one ever talks about Buzz. I guess although he has a Pixar movie or character <laughs> after him, I guess. But silence. I just found well, that see, he was on The Simpsons. There you go. Yeah. And he was great. <laughs> and Buzz Aldrin, the second man on the moon. The second comes right after first. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you ain't first, you're last. Well, uh, I guess. <laughs> I think Married uh Was it Married Children? <laughs> no, it's Seinfeld. He goes, it's like I'm Neil Armstrong and you're Buzz Aldrin. I turn around for a sip of tang and you jump out the window. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I bet that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Rubber sip of tang. <laughs> All right, Scott, number six. Okay, number six is actually some some real life footage that they spliced in. Um, but you know, as I saw it, uh, I, I think I appreciate it more now uh, that you know it's been years since I've seen it and I'm older. Uh, but just 
when you know at that party you, you mentioned Jeff when uh, Walter Cronkite mm-hmm. is is uh basically letting everybody know that they're about to land on the moon and just a brief moment he takes his glasses off and he gets this huge smile on his face you know he kind of breaks his uh not character but just that kind of serious news reporter yeah um uh persona that he has and i thought that was really really cool um you know he, he to see walter cronkite you know just this rock of uh of news and journalism uh get get excited about what was happening was really cool so that that's basically it. that was my number 6 yeah. and then and they spliced in other stuff too throughout the mm-hmm. the movie that actually happened and, and it was interesting to see um but that that was my favorite little bit in the beginning yeah, like uh, as old as we are, we're not old enough to have witnessed the moon landing. So, <laughs> yeah. But stories yeah. I've heard is that how Walter Cronkite was a big NASA fan, and he was always rooting for it. And it's also back when we only had the three channels, and he was your your voice, right? Just to see him excited made you excited and stuff like that. Yeah, it was cool. Cool to see yeah. that in there. All right, Alex, number six. Uh, my number six is the takeoff shot. That was also some spliced in real footage, right? I think I so. When you see the rocket just taking Pro- off, well, and it's close it couldn't, up and it you couldn't see... have been. No, it's not. Yeah, maybe because there's well, not. maybe not in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, it couldn't. But no. yeah, you see the the rocket like take off, and the word you know Apollo thirteen uh, goes by as the as the rocket's taken off, and then it shots into space, and then it starts jettisoning in the uh, fuel tankers that it doesn't need anymore. It's, oh, so cool! That was an awesome shot. Yeah. I remember listening to the commentary years ago, and Ron Howard they even had he they even had like Buzz Aldrin or somebody go, "Where'd you get that footage?" And like, "Oh no, we recreated it all on the computer." Where like they used all the different views of it, but they to get the cameras like really in close and all that. That was all CG. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah I, I cool. agree, Alex. It's great, and I got more to say about it later. <laughs> yeah, because I honestly thought it's like, wow, they must have spliced in this takeoff. Some of this was spliced in like footage from the real thing, but. No, if it was all CG, that's very impressive. At least the launching from the gantry or whatever. I don't know. Maybe once it's in the air or something, that could be. I don't know. All right. Um, on to our number fives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. So I mentioned I love the engineering aspect of all this. And I and I am, am a type of engineer. I am not a NASA or aeronautical or any of that, that kind of engineer. And this movie does a lot to dumb down right some of the stuff that's going on but even then some of the stuff i still don't know what's going on and i'm okay with that like i don't need it to be that handheld and explained to me it's like oh the you know the muffler went out or whatever just try to dumb it down (laughs) i just okay they need the o2 is going out and somehow o2 also not only do we breathe it but it has to do with the reactor that gives them power i don't really understand that but fine that's an issue and that I just like that. They they dumb it down to some point, but another point that it's like, just get NASA nerds talking here, get it. There's a big problem. Deal with it. If you get it, yeah. great. If not, you just know there's a problem and they have to fix it. And I I like that, how they did that in this movie. There's not that one dumb character that, that uh, or the guy from Washington that came in. It's like, wait, what? What's going on? It's like, essentially, it's like the muffler went out. Yeah. Okay. 
Like, <laughs> there's there's not that stupid character that represents the audience. Yeah. Or, yeah, they're, they're, they should all know what's going on and somebody asked it. And then they're like, what? You should know this. You've been here the entire time. Why are you... Ex- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I really dug that about this movie. Um, Scott, number five. Okay. I'm number five is just, uh, you know, these... E- so I, I I don't know off the top of my head how many times we've sent people in space, um, but it's it's crazy uh, how much work goes into this, how much detail, um, and and in light of that, uh, Gary can, Gary Sinise's character Ken Mattingly uh, about how his character gets booted just from the the possibility. That he could have contracted measles. Uh, oh, I thought it was because he didn't shave his sideburns. Oh, there were a lot of sideburns in this movie, if you're watching carefully. Yeah. Uh, nice, Alex. But, yeah, just for... for I, I mean, in a way, it, is, it isn't it is a small thing. Like, you can't send somebody into space if they're going to have measles. But they're like, nope. It does turn into Event Horizon. Yeah. <laughs> Those people yeah. bleeding from their eyes. Uh, you know, they, they fucking think of everything. Um and and the, that's the scariest part is these guys did think of everything. These are like our best and brightest, and they thought of everything, and stuff still goes wrong. Yeah, because it's just uh, just a lack of experience. Uh, but yeah, just his character getting kicked from the whole mission just because he could potentially have measles is such a <laughs> kind of yeah. fucked up thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I I do like that it's like really mundane. You know, this isn't like a this wasn't like a manufactured, uh, like for drama. It was like, oh, you know, that makes sense. That's a plausible reason why they they didn't want him to go. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought the the whole idea behind it, uh, or or the real story, I guess, is is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the and to go on top of that, like the astronauts be not being able to see their family for a few days before they leave, right? Just they got to stay in quarantine, sterile environment. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's because women makes their make their legs weak. That's you. <laughs> yeah. According to uh, the team leader Mick. Yeah. To every coach ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, number five. My number five is the guys on the ground just figuring out shit for them to do. Like first off, it was like okay, we got they got all this stuff in the thing. We gotta figure out a filter so that they don't die or or you know can use up more oxygen because they're not supposed to have since they're improvising all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't have enough oxygen to uh, get them back home. So it's like okay, you need a filter so they don't you know die of mono- or dioxide poisoning, right? Whatever. And then they figure something out. Then later it's like, all right, now we got to turn on the computers, but there's very limited power source, so we got to figure out a new boot sequence for the machine, or else, you know, the computer can't figure out the trajectory to come home and they're going to die. <laughs> so it's like under incredible pressure, all these guys have to come together and come up with a solution quick. So it's not just the guys up in the air that are super smart, but everybody on the ground had to be on their A game. So yeah. It's incredible. Yep. I love it. That's my overall favorite part of this movie is just that, yeah, nerds. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they fibbed a little. It's like, hey, there's a lot of conversation on the board. It's like, oh, yeah, we, we took account for that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, ooh. 
Yeah. Well, I do like a toward the end where like I think Ed Harris's character is like they're like we're well, coming a little shallow. Was well, there anything we could do about it? <laughs> no. Well, then don't let them know. Just yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my number four, and it it kind of goes just follow with Alex saying. Um, wait, I missed one. Shit. No, sorry. My number four is Clint Howard, the part he was born to play. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just my favorite of all the Clint Howard things I've seen him in. Oh, thought, better than Waterboy? <laughs> not yeah, Waterboy is a close second, maybe. But uh <laughs> this, like he yeah, he's he's not just a, a stupid funny character. He's just he's awesome in this. I like him and uh I just I really dug his character and he deserves a little bit of just a shout out on my list. So Clint Howard. There he goes. There's my number four. Scott. So sorry real quick, Jeff. What mm-hmm. what exactly was his character chart in charge of? Like Life support? Uh, I forgot. <laughs> because they just they just give a bunch of acronyms or initialisms for everything. And... I don't think it was life support, but I don't know. I don't. I am. I am yeah, sorry, NASA sorry, engineer. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh, here, he was see. in charge of NASA. Does it say what it is on here? All right. Well, he was in charge. He was in charge of the robot fights. Yes. <laughs> the right, well, Scott, what's your number four? I number four, and then this leads in, or what you're saying leads into to this, and my question about Clint Howard's character is just all the mission control stuff, uh, particularly all the speci- the specialties that everybody had, where everybody had their, their little uh, corner of the shop, I guess. And anytime, it was, it was really interesting. I thought anytime any one of those guys spoke up about something, it was like, well, they're the authority. They might not have the final call, but um, they're the authority on what's going on. So everybody's like, okay. And they like listen to whatever that person is saying. So Clint Howard's like, no, they need to fucking kill the engines. And like, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, this is why. And everybody's like, okay. And, and he's right. And it pretty much, at least in the movie, I don't know, maybe in real life it's a little bit different. But sure. every time one of those guys like speaks up their thing, everybody's like, yep, they're right. They're right. They're right. Um, what do you know? You only have three degrees in aerodynamics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just and then them all working together for solution. Uh, like Alex mentioned, um, them building the uh, the makeshift uh, carbon dioxide scrubber. Um, the the electronics guy, like just like sticking to his guns. Like, no, you get twenty fucking amps, make it work. Like, <laughs> like I can't. I'm like that's what it is. He's just like. Yeah. That's that. That's literally what it is. There's no other way to get around it. And, uh, so that was it was cool. That like yeah, they're sp- they're sticking to all their their um, you know I hesitate to call them opinions on what's going on, but uh, but what it, whatever they they think is the proper course um, is it's always right, and that's you know the best and brightest thing again. Uh, so just seeing them all work together is really cool. And, like, I would assume, I don't know if this is true, like, yeah, each one of those guys is, like, the lead of a department or something, right? Like, they probably have, like, 10, 20 guys under them, or, or not, I mean, under them, but with them, they represent. Right, they made it sound that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and you just have your your head of staff of that department, and then you have a guy who, it's like, you know, your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, and like you said, they didn't make the <laughs> final call. Special teams. Yeah, <laughs> but... You know, they tell you the play, and then you you either that's why you hired them, you listen to them, or you make an executive decision or whatever, right? But yeah, it's really cool. All right, Alex, number four. 
Uh, my number four is just the astronauts, the whole team just floating in the capsule in zero G. It was awesome. Because in the movie theater, I'm like, damn, this is really good. You can't even see the strings, and I can't tell what's CGI or not. And then later I learned that, nope, they're actually in zero G filming, like, what was it, like 40, like 40 or 50 seconds at a time? Like in that jet airplane that dives down yeah. so that they get the uh, zero G and then floating. That was amazing. It was like That blew my mind that that could happen. That was awesome. Yeah, I remember that was a big thing. That, that was a thing that does it, right? The vomit comet or whatever they call it, where it just yeah. does big parabolas and, yeah, you mm-hmm. experience weightlessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. And then they had that supermodel shoot in Zero G. That was awesome, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was spectacular. It was a good <laughs> use of gravity. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Or lack thereof. hey <laughs> All right. Uh, now we're on to number threes. And uh, I like that. So this is what say, I am not a huge NASA guy. So like, I know some people just know every single thing about every single flight. That's not me. I don't know that much about it, but I just find it fascinating. I like how they seem to get the NASA stuff right. Kind of following up. They're saying mumbo jumbo. That sounds good to me. I at least <laughs> know that they're not just doing blankets. Techno, techno terms. At least I think yeah. all the stuff seemed legit. You know, launching from here, transferring to Houston, all the the different... I don't know. I just liked it. It made it, to me, seemed real to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, therefore, I give you the... You're just trying to help. I didn't see any... Exactly. (laughs) I I didn't see any movie gooeys or anything like that in this movie. Um, So, yeah. I liked it. I just liked the NASA stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked... This will go into my next thing, but just... You know, usually you don't want to bring a chalkboard out in your movie and show people what the problem is, but they do it and it works. <laughs> right? Okay, our guys are here. Yeah. They need to go here and come back. What's the best? You know, and they only got them here. How do you get them this much further? If this is the moon and this basketball is the earth, they have yes. to hit the target no wider than this piece of paper. Yeah. That was a real That was real news footage, right? I assume so. I believe so. Yeah, it looked real. I always thought that when I was a kid, like, that's crazy. How did they hit it? But then I was like, well, the, the Earth is not a basketball. So the Earth is 100,000 billion times bigger than that. And therefore, the piece of paper is actually pretty thick. There it is. Yeah, that's like three miles. Yeah. You hit that. <laughs> I can hit that from the moon. From the Easy. moon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Alec or Scott, number three. Okay. Number three, uh, Alex already brought it up, but the, the whole liftoff sequence. Um, was that when the girl was in space? Or no? Hmm? hey oh, hey oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The, yeah, just, there was the one shot of them walking, like, across the gantry, and that looked, like, that was fucking terrifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, assuming you know that's more or less to scale, like how how high up they actually are, <laughs> like that that would be uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, once they're strapped in and they they actually take off, just it it's fucking intense watching all of the uh, I don't know the, the the clamps and everything like release, like and they've got to like break clean and uh, like any one of those fucks up and like that's it. Like, I guess they could kill the engines, but uh, it, it probably wouldn't turn out well. Yeah. 
yeah, it's just nerve-wracking waiting for those things to pop off. Uh, but yeah, just the, the whole sequence, them getting up, and then, like Alex mentioned, they, they lose the booster in atmosphere. Um, they, they break up again. Uh, and yeah, it, it holds up. That's, that's the crazy part is, uh, the 1995 and the effects still, uh, look as good now as they did then. Yeah. There's really no point you can, like, go, oh yeah, that looks, that looks fake. Yeah, I would agree. And it's one of those where it's like, I don't know how to describe it, like realistic special effects where it's not a spaceship. I mean, I guess it is a spaceship, but not like a <laughs> Millennium Falcon or whatever, right? It's a... Yeah. Right. Like, that's the thing. And so it just looks Something good. you know it's real. So, you, and, you know, most yeah. people have seen one before. Yeah. Which I have heard nowadays, cars and everything is like all way more stuff CG than we realize. But because it's average everyday things... We don't notice it because it just looks like what we expect. We don't like judge it super harshly as we do an alien or a spaceship or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, that logic follows. Uh, I've seen Lucy, so I don't know about that. <laughs> well, not every movie, but all right. Uh, where are we at now? Three. That was uh, my number three. All right, so Alex number three. My number three. I love the whole control burned sequence. That was freaking intense. And everybody was trying to figure out how to do this. This is one part where it's like, uh, love old Tom Hanks. It's like, all right, forget that. Look, if we just burn and we keep the earth in our window, just like, then, you know, everything should be all right, right? We should still get on track. <laughs> and then everybody's quickly double checking the math and whatever. It's like, uh, yeah. Right. And they do it. And that was, oh, man, that was, for me, that was like the tensest sequence in the whole movie. Yeah. Because they have to control the the thing manually, and it's burning, and the window, the earth is going all over the place in the window. It's the, it's like, all right, I got it in my sights again. Cut the engines now! It's like, oh, it's awesome. All right, and like I'm sure there's a little bit of dramatic license there. I, you couldn't have been yeah. that random. <laughs> like they said, you have to hit a narrow point to get into the earth's atmosphere. So, but whatever, it was a great scene, and it's very tense. And... Yeah, the the craziest part about that whole thing is, at least. From their point of view, and and more or less in the movie, like they already looked like they were heading to Earth, so now it just looks like they're still heading to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just that the whole trajectory is very very tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, my number two, which you guys have already talked about, it is just all the <laughs> the way they made all the engineers seem exciting, and just all the little puzzles they had to solve. Uh, that scene we talked about with the slide rules. There's a big tracking shot of the camera, like going over over a single desk, and they turn and go flat, go flat, putting their thumbs up and being the math correct and everything, and just <laughs> just it's so stupid, but it was so cool. Yeah. Um, just the very beginning when everything's going good, and you know that's where I'm saying, oh, okay, flight, good flight, whatever. There, all that stuff. Um, the scene where Ed Harris is <laughs> it's equivalent of his like. Every outhouse, hen house, whorehouse, <laughs> yeah. or whatever, and he's telling them to get all the people who've ever worked on every single circuit that's been here. We got to get them up. Like, I just, ah, I just really like it all. And he said, Ken Mattingly in there, flipping all the switches. I still don't really know what's going. Like, I don't know why the order would make a difference, but whatever. Hey, like I said before, I just like it. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chalkboard scene, the 
okay, we should have him turn around and come back. They're like, no, 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 no. Let Earth's gravity, or the moon's gravity, slingshot him back. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Love it. I've played Angry Birds in space. I know how that gravity shit works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. All right, Scott, number two. Okay, number two. Uh, you know, bringing up the effects again. Uh, just all the zero, zero G, all the zero gravity stuff. Uh, still looks great, and there's a lot of it. I, I did. I was yeah. expecting it to be like kind of sprinkled in, but no. The whole time they're up there, there's like always something to indicate that there's there's no gravity going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was it was very cool. Um, you know, there, there's some little touches there. Uh, honorable mention for me the. Uh, the the space barf <laughs> oh, yeah. barf like i was i was bothered by that because you think they'd be freaked out cuz that shit is going to get everywhere but tom hanks is just smiling about it There's these globules of of vomit floating around in a very confined space mm-hmm. like maybe i don't know maybe that's what caused the the fires like vomit got into the control panel or something we don't know yeah <laughs> But yeah, just them—they—they're constantly going through that—that that, uh, tube connecting the the lander with the the capsule. Um, yeah, so g- cool. Getting their money's worth with that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I—I I wonder if if it was like the vomit comet or whatever, like they just constantly queued up to go through that thing. Like I—I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for what I remember, they built the set inside of it. Yeah, and they would. But I'm assuming you just can't keep doing that. You're. They would really throw up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it would take a toll on their bodies, for sure. Um, I do remember also, like, if you see them just, like, maybe their upper half and they're, it looks like they're floating, they're actually, like, sitting on some, like, teeter-totter type thing. Right. You, you tell yeah. there were a couple points where it's like, oh, they must have something, like, like hydraulically, like, kind of rolling underneath them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which would also make you nauseous. <laughs> mm-hmm. So props to them. Getting through that. Yeah. All right, uh, Alex, number two. My number two is uh, this was uh, so sad. It was uh, a testament to uh, Tom Hanks's acting ability because all he, you could just see it in his face when they slingshot her across the moon, and he's just looking out the window at the face of the moon, and it was like it was his shot. It was his dream to land on a moon, and it, it's he's literally just. It's just flying by, and there's nothing you can do about it. That was heartbreaking. Yeah, in the there's two different commentaries on the DVD, I think, and one of them is actually with the with Lovell himself. Lovell and his wife are actually doing the commentary, and, and she says that that dream sequence of actually showing Lovell walking on the moon as he's going by like you said and she says that's the hardest part for her to watch because she knew that was his dream and that he never got to do it and everything so yeah exactly yeah. what you're saying she said yeah I lived it all that's not a big deal but when I see that one scene there <laughs> like it just it's like oh that's yeah it must have been brutal for him damn yeah um alright uh number one uh it's just an extension of my last one the the, the literal put the square peg in a round hole scene and these injuries got to MacGyver shit up. I, I love it. We got to put this into this with only this. And I just, 
I've never, like I said, I've mentioned before, I've, I've, I'm an engineer, so we hit problems, not like that, obviously, but, you know, we have a day, customer needs this shit done, we need to get it done and just get there and do it. I just, I really dig that scene. Um, and then the biggest leading up to that is when they said, why don't we use the air filters for the limb? Oh, they, they're square. These are round. It's a goddamn government job. So, like, <laughs> you can talk about how they think of everything, but they're still engineers and they still fuck shit up. Just, like, how many years ago was that when one of them was done in metric and the other one was done in imperial? Right, right. <laughs> they think mm-hmm. of everything, but it's not everything. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, and so I specifically like the CO2, CO2 scene. And then when you first find the problem and uh, Paxton's like, no way, I read those numbers a hundred times. And he's like, oh, I was only counting for two. <laughs> Kevin Bacon's like, eh, guess I should hold my breath then, huh? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I, I dug it. Um, that's my number one, Scott. Okay, so my number one, uh, we we brought up numerous times, but all the maths. <laughs> uh, that one scene, you know, now that you bring it up again, Jeff, about the the camera kind of panning across them. Yeah, it is. It is kind of hilarious that they all finish in order. Yeah, <laughs> like the guy at the end, it's like a thumbs up, and the next guy's done, and then that guy's done. It's not like they're waiting to, to say something. But, but yeah, they all give their their thumbs up. That yeah, this is this is it. Um, you know, but then there's multiple points in the movie where they just are making calculations on the fly, and that's fucking insanity to me. Mm-hmm. Like, like I have to pull out my pull out a calculator just to do like tips at a restaurant or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever my bill's gonna be this. Month. Yeah, yeah, just and, and then I usually just round round out the numbers to make it easier. <laughs> and uh, yeah, these guys are are doing like complex like trigonometry and stuff to to get to get everything they need um but just just pen and paper you know and then other people with pen and paper are check are, are cross checking them uh you know i i wonder how much of that still goes on um uh, obviously they still need to be able to do it um you know like they, they don't let dummies into to nasa but or they don't let dummies be astronauts uh but yeah, I wonder now, like, how much of there is there a call for that? Uh, you know, a calculator or computer can do almost all of it. Uh, but yeah, again, just there's so much of the the plot of this movie, just and, and in real life, uh, just residing on people being able to do math is yeah. is is yeah, it's just a, such a wild idea. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it was, um, you know. And then nobody thought anything of it either. It's like, yep, we're doing math. Yeah, it's so much math and physics, right? Like, it's that you have a launch window. We have a launch window. It's because that's when the Earth is in the right uh, orbit yeah. and the moon's in the right. Everything has to be in the right, you know, or we have to wait 30 days when the moon and the, you know, yeah. the, uh, Florida's in the right spot and everything. Yeah, it's just so much. Uh, yeah. And and as, as you said, when they get the chalkboard, like, it's not a fucking straight flight there and back. Like no. <laughs> when they launch, they they curve around the Earth to, yes. to get out of the orbit, and just shoot straight past it. Right. And then you know they do the same thing when they get to the moon. They got to get in orbit, and then the the whole reentry point is you can't just fucking land. You have to like come in at a certain angle, otherwise you're gonna burn up or bounce. Right. Uh, and land in whatever you know the Pacific or Atlantic. I forgot where they, or the Gulf. I think they landed right. But yeah, you don't want to land. I think I think they said like Iwo Jima, so they were like, like in Japan. I think the ship was Iwo Jima, but I thought it was the Gulf. Oh, oh, 
Yeah, you know what? You're probably right. I'm yeah, sorry. I think it was the ship. But yeah, I mean, this is the set. You don't want to land in Soviet waters or something, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. It's still 1970. Yeah, yeah. 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 Don't want them yeah. dropping in St. Petersburg. That'd be bad. <laughs> yeah. So it's not only, it's like, that's what the thing, like, space movies, sci-fi movies, yeah, you go to this planet, you go to this planet. It's, once you're on the planet, you still have a long way to go. We've, like, you know, they just take that part for granted. Like, once you're there, you're there. You're not. You gotta get in the right spot. All right. Uh, Alex? My number one is, usually I don't put too much stock in, oh, based on real events, or this, you know, was a true story whenever there's a movie. But this one is shit actually happened this is might be the most accurate based on a true story film that i've ever seen it's awesome and it made me go out you know and read more information about what uh happened to the crew of apollo 13 and how the accident happened and everything uh there's a, a blurb in the you know the smithsonian website and everything about all the missions it's fantastic go research this people it's great that's what amazes me the most. It's like, shit, this happened. <laughs> this is incredible. And they made it back to tell the tale. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That's why, like, I think it's toward the end where they say it's the, the most successful failure or something like that, right? Yeah. Where, right. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's great. Oh, and when they were blacked out for, like, an extra 87 seconds or whatever, that wasn't for dramatic effect. That also actually happened. Yeah, Wow. That's yeah, probably because that they great. were a sh- little bit shallow, right? So they had a longer... <laughs> I just love how everything kept yeah. adding up. It's like, yeah. oh, and there's a big storm coming, and... <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> fucking shit. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's awesome. It is. All right. Um, I had one honorable mention, and it's the guy... Uh, is it the guys from JPL or... The, 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 the DHL. Pe- the, the people who did the lamb. And they keep asking it to do stuff. And he's like, it wasn't designed for that. Like, just get take, like, absolving all blame of anything, like a typical <laughs> engineer. It's like, I designed it for this. You can't, you know, it's meant for strings. You can't put integers in there or whatever it is. And just, <laughs> I just, this is madness. <laughs> and just, you know, absolving all responsibility for, for what's going to happen. And Ed Harris calls him out on it. We, we won't hold you responsible. Just, I'm not asking what it was designed to do. I just need it to do this now. Uh, it's great. <laughs> any other audible mentions I guess the cast in general no one really singled anybody out but I think they all did a suitable job yeah all good mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, honorable mention to Kevin Bacon's character uh, yeah the sub yeah uh, Jax <laughs> so his name's spelled with an I but they kept calling him Swaggart so I don't know what's up with that but uh, just him using the fact that he was an astronaut to get laid all the time <laughs> that makes total sense to me. Because, yeah. like, you can't top that. You're like, what do you do for a living? I'm an astronaut. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also, if you're playing the uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon or Bill Paxson, like, you got it right here. You got Paxson yeah, and Kevin Bacon in the same movie. You're done. Yeah, there's a couple outliers here. It was the, uh, um, the kid from... Uh, Real genius, Gabe Jarrett. Yeah. Oh, he's in this. Yeah, he's one of the flight control guys. Oh. All right. There you go. Yep. 
All right, uh, well, let's rate it as usual. We go to score a scale of one to seven, one being absolute garbage, seven being perfection. I, because of some of the little over-the-top stuff with the families, as you mentioned, Scott, um, but other, it's almost perfect, but I can't say it's perfect, so it's a six for me. Easy six. I've watched this several times. I've owned it on DVD, HD DVD, Blu-ray, everything. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> So six for me on this one, Scott. Uh, six for me as well. Um, just the the subject matter is fascinating. Um, they, they they obviously take some liberties with it to, to make it more entertaining, but sure. uh, the, the fact that special effects um, still hold up. Um, and, and and again, it can't can't be overstated that, that this is all shit that basically happened. <laughs> like just, yeah. just amazing thing after amazing thing, even though. It's all kind of mundane in and of itself. Uh, again, a lot of people doing math and a bunch of nerdy engineers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it it sort of six. It, it it's a movie that'll kind of stand the test of time, I think. Yeah, and I was going to say that it's just been in the news that NASA's going back to the moon again for the first time since the seventies. So oh yeah, that's right. We may all Ooh. get to watch and witness it again. Space Force. Yeah, we'll hopefully yeah, that's space fucking Force, Space but, Force. Um, all right. well, I can't wait till that comes out on Netflix, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, what's your score? It's also a six. Right. It's fantastic because of the uh, the uh, the realism and the the closest that it has to the true events. I almost want to give it a seven, but it's not quite there. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's an amazing film. Go watch it, people, and then go do a little reading. <laughs> yeah, for you kids out there, keep, stay in school, be smart, become astronauts. It's going to be yeah. a thing again. Or or fireman. Please, yeah. Or fireman. Yeah. Uh, did, uh, Jeff, We're going did, to Mars, for Pete's <laughs> sake. Come on. Did Did you ever... I'm assuming you watched all of the... What was it? From from here to the moon or from Earth to the moon? The There was like uh, that kind of... Nature, I don't even want to call it a mini... Yeah, I don't even call it a miniseries, but... I watched it at the time. I don't remember any of it, but I did watch it at the time. Yeah, yeah. It was produced by Hanks and Spielberg. Right. Uh, that was around the same time, right? Well, early 2000s, anyway. Yeah, that's back. And then right like after they did Saving Private Ryan, they did Band of Brothers. Yeah, it was like kind of all around that. This is before that, though, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. From yeah, Earth to the Moon, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's been a long time since I saw it, even, but I remember them being good. And they're all basically about stories about the individual missions. Right. Yeah. Uh, to, to the moon. Um, a couple of them are really good. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so our crossover topic this week is top ship malfunctions in movies, TV, etc., etc. Um, so I'm going to leave this off, uh, start us off with, I don't know if it's a malfunction, but it's basically uh, Gravity. I don't know if you guys saw that movie. I oh damn yeah, I really enjoyed Gravity. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, they get hit by was it space debris? What? How did we forget what happened? Yeah, yeah like a Russian crash. a Russian satellite breaks up. That's right. And the the debris starts rocketing around in orbit, which is apparently a real thing. Yeah. It's goddamn communists. So uh, yeah, <laughs> Gravity. So the whole yeah, thing she gets uh, Clooney gets. Taken away, or maybe he doesn't, or maybe he does. I don't remember the spoilers that happened in this movie, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Yeah, Sandra Bullock making her way through space with dealing with gravity. 
It's a really good movie. I saw that in IMAX 3D, I think, and I really like I don't usually like 3D, but that one I did enjoy. Um, so there it is, Gravity. I did. Alex, did I, uh, I think I saw it with you then, Jeff, because I saw it also in 3D IMAX. Okay, maybe. Um, all right, well, what's your number five? Uh, so my number five is... Uh, so we're, I'm going to classify a submarine as a ship here. Sure. But, uh, oh, me too. The... The Hunt for Red October. Um, in this case, there's, there's, there is a like some sabotage later on, and then there's a fake one early on where they, uh, they basically fake that the nuclear reactor spoilers, that the nuclear reactor is leaking um, on on the Red October to get the crew off, so that the captain can can safely um, deliver it to American hands. Uh, it's a Tim Curry could tell the whole crew yes. that Sean Connery is not to blame for any of this. Yes, he's going. To, <laughs> Sean Connery stayed behind to scuttle the ship. Um, yeah, it, it, that whole part's brought around by uh, uh, the late uh, uh, Fred Thompson, <laughs> who's who had the great line about Ruskies don't take a dump with the, without a plan, son. And then uh, Alec Baldwin thinks about that. <laughs> that, that that little nugget of wisdom, and then realizes that oh, that's how they're going to do it. Uh, but yes, the fake nuclear uh, uh, reactor leak on Hunt for October is my number five. All right, Alex. My number five is also a sub, but this one is from Under Siege, <laughs> <laughs> when uh, Gary Busey has to go into. Uh, was it a Russian sub in that one? I I forget. But they were part. They're on the terrorist payroll, and their their tail fin or whatever their uh, rudders got messed up. And he's like, "Look, what you do is take a blowtorch and take a, a sledgehammer to it. It'll straighten it out just fine. You don't need it to do all this fancy stuff. You just need it to steer." <laughs> he was over there just fixing it away, and then they got blown up. I do not remember that sub a submarine from under siege. I thought it was all on a battleship or something. No, they come into the submarine because they're taking the uh, the nukes off of it, I think, off of the battleship or something. But uh, oh, okay. uh, Gary Busey goes in there and he's like, oh, "Those are just you know flares. They're panic fire. They don't got nothing real." Then they get blown up. That's right, because they they <laughs> retook. That's right, they're escaping with them. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number one. Is hey, number four. I'm sorry, my number four. Um, I don't know what the hell's wrong. The warp drive is messed up on the Enterprise and Graphicon. <laughs> it's, it's the dilithium crystals, right? Yeah, and Spock has to fix it. And it's, uh, but yeah, what's broken? It's the warp drive, Damn. right? That's good. I should have thought they're that. basically losing containment on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, there's a malfunction. I don't know if it's a malfunction because it got shot by Khan, but whatever. It counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Hell of a thing when Spock died. It, it was a hell of a thing. So emotional. Um, yeah. So Starship Enterprise, something happened and Spock saved it. Number four. <laughs> Scott. Number four is Gravity. So okay. we pretty much went over it. Uh, again, the only movie I've ever seen that I was happy to have seen it in 3D. <laughs> and IMAX for that matter. Like, typically I don't. I think IMAX has enhanced my viewing experience all that much. But Gravity, number four. All right. Uh, Scott. Alex. Jesus. 
Uh, my number four is uh, the TARDIS. In any given episode, I mean, it's a it's essentially a living ship, and it's very cantankerous. But sometimes it malfunctions, and the Doctor and his companions are lost somewhere, anywhere, and they have great adventures. All right, take your word about it. By <laughs> uh, number three, um, the Titanic malfunction, not being able to take an iceberg hit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a malfunction. Uh, yeah. Human error. <laughs> no, uh, if you go over the design flaw, yeah, the design flaws of it, it should have been able to take that hit without sinking and all that stuff. So I'm allowing it, even though it's my <laughs> it's your podcast. So I guess <laughs> it was it was rated for a 50 ton iceberg, and then he ran into a 51 ton iceberg. There you go. Uh, yeah, Titanic malfunction when it hit iceberg. Uh. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It was going too fast, and it couldn't turn in time. All those things malfunction. Iceberg dead ahead. All right, Scott, number three. Is this all you can conjure, Arct- Arctic Circle? Nice. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, Theoden, <laughs> captain of the Titanic. Yeah. Number three is uh, spaceballs. Uh, one of my my oh, favorite damn. jokes in the whole movie. After they've They've done the self-destruct, and everything's working the way that it's supposed to at that point. They go to cancel the self-destruct, and the cancel, then the self-destruct cancellation is out of order. <laughs> to which uh, Rick Moranis, as Dark Helmet says, Fuck! Even in the future, nothing works. <laughs> so good. Have a nice day. Thank you. <laughs> Even in the future, nothing <laughs> Alright, very nice. Mm-hmm. Alex, number three. My number three is The Serenity from the show Firefly. Specifically, there was one episode where the engine just had a catastrophic failure and they were dead out in space. And all the crew, except for Mal, the captain, went on the life pods and then went into opposite directions to hopefully find somebody to help them. I think because, uh, what was her name, was injured in the explosion? So they needed to get her to a doctor, like, stat. Like, the facilities on the ship couldn't help her, and they were out of power anyways. So it's either Nara or Kaylee. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that one was a great episode. That's like, like the, all of them. That's like the flashback episode, right? Where he's, like, slowly dying on there? Yes. Yeah. That one. When he finally has, like, uh, the transmission for, you know, a 76 Camaro that he has to put in the in the engine. Yeah. Carburetor or something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Under number twos. My number two is the hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon. Oh, that's it. Number two. That's my number two. That's my number one. Uh, nye, 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 nye. Greatest sound effect for a ship malfunction. I know. <laughs> it's the best. Um, yeah. They told me they fixed it. I swear. It's not my fault. Uh, so there we go. If Alex will talk about it more. Number two, Millennium Falcon. Scott. Uh-huh. Uh, number two is uh, Reactor from Wrath of Khan. Oh. Um, less about the actual malfunction and more about this the the emotional weight of that entire scene. Oh, the needs of the many. Outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. And the skin's sloughing off the whole time. Oh my god. Ugh. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> and heartbreaking. Then he comes back to life. What? <laughs> Double dumbass to you. 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> he did a little too much LDS in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex, number two. My number two is the DeLorean. It flies, so I'm counting it as a ship. Yeah. It gets oh, struck right. by lightning. It it needs um, Mr. Fusion, but then that gets hit, and then they have to put the pole for the lightning. <laughs> and the glavin, and the glavin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But eventually, and then it gets destroyed for all its troubles. <laughs> all right. Uh, my number one is Hal 9000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. What an asshole. <laughs> from 2001 Space Odyssey, Hal 9000. You, you guys know the story. And if you don't, watch the movie. But you're going to be confused because that movie's fucked up. <laughs> I still don't understand. I watched it like five times and I still know what the hell's going on. But Hal 9000. What are you doing, Dave? So it's been a while since I've seen the movie. Why does he malfunction? Or is does his AI, or as the AI, does he realize, oh, I need to kill these guys or else I'm not going to make it? What? From what I remember, yeah, he's just AI. And he's he's calculated and it's safer to not let them fulfill their mission. I forgot. It's been a while, but yeah. Okay. I should watch that again. It was great. Uh, yep. Scott, number one. Okay, so it's the hyperdrive. Yeah, I'll let Alex talk about it. <laughs> hyperdrive. All right. Well, you guys both have it. To, number one. Talk more about it. Add more. <coughs> Go for it, Alex. It's just amazing. Uh, it, it's a great gimmick that they added for Empire because in the first movie, you know, nothing to it. They don't really go in and out of hyperspace all that much, but. In the second one, they start, Tui and Han are starting off in Hoth base, just working on the Falcon. <laughs> no, this one goes there. That one goes here. It's like yep. making sure everything works right, and then it doesn't. And they have to... It's a great obstacle because it, it, it lets them be creative, like attaching themselves to the De- Star Destroyer and then going through the uh, asteroid field. It's a great any yep. other sound effects? You can't. You can't top that. <laughs> they told me they fixed it. <laughs> it's not my fault. You can't fix the hyperdrive R two. Chewbacca can do it. <laughs> like, R- shut up, three PO. R two's like, I'm gonna fuck this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> he has uh, uh, cyber congress with L three. Yeah. Technically. They needed more hyperfuel, and that's what got him into it. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. They should have injected a bit more hyperfuel in there. Well, they just pop, pop open the uh, glove box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, liquid Schwartz. Yeah, liquid Schwartz. <laughs> that is literally what they did in Solo. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of assholes. <laughs> God damn it, Ron Howard. You go from Paul 13 to Solo. <laughs> Jeebus H. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh,. I had one honorable mention, but since Scott doesn't like it, uh, <laughs> Event Horizon. I don't actually remember what, what goes wrong, other than they go through hell or something. Yeah, it's successful, but the ship just comes back haunted. <laughs> uh, all right, so if nothing else, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So I wasn't aware of this, but Bos- Bob Costas has left NBC. Oh, yeah? Not voluntarily, mind you. I guess he just spoke out about uh, 
football's uh, connection to severe brain injuries a bit too many times and during a crucial time when they're doing like uh, uh, negotiations. NBC and the league were doing negotiations and the NFL said, nope, we don't like this. And so uh, essentially, yeah, Bob Costas had to go. They were going to let this Super Bowl be his last broadcast, but then the NFL just put their foot down and they didn't let him do it, which is a shame because he's been an icon in the Olympics and all of sports pretty much for decades. And yeah, he pretty much got a raw deal just for, you know, telling the truth, especially since the NFL has been running like the football is family campaign and whatnot to try and downplay their uh, football's connection to severe brain injuries. Uh, Yeah, it's a shame. The whole it's on the ESPN website. You can do the whole read uh, of how this came about. It's it's a really good read. I recommend it. I didn't know this, but I mean, it's weird that he doesn't announce. He hasn't announced a football game. I don't know how long. So. Yeah. Right. So I'm, but I mean, good for him for sticking out, staying his shit. I don't. Mm -hmm. I'm on Bob Costas' side. Yeah. Plus, in the article, he like a little snippet. He talks about it's like I've been saying some of this stuff for like years, but I guess this one was just the 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 straw that broke the camel's back, and he went. He said one too many things on this one. Oh, yeah. It's possible that that uh, NBC was worried he was going to spread around his pink eye, so they just got rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> Robots don't get pink eye, Scott. <laughs> do you guys not remember that? I do. Okay. <laughs> the Olympics, right? Yeah, he had. Mm. He, had the, he couldn't broadcast because it looked so horrible. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't pink eye. It was his eye. Was his robot eye was leaking? Uh. Um. All right, it's time for Nim News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay, um, keeping it short this week. Uh, there's rumors of an Aquaman spinoff already. Um, Aqualad? No. I know no. you've seen this, right, Jeff? You saw Aquaman? Yeah. Okay. And then, Alex, I'm assuming you haven't seen it yet. No, but me. Okay. Well, um, the kind of <laughs> well cthulhu-esque part i'm trying just trying to think of how to, to phrase it oh i read uh, about in that the, in the trench the really good like all those creatures apparently there's i don't know how this got started but there i mean uh, james wan hasn't denied it uh but yeah there's there's rumors about <laughs> a story a movie centering around that section of the ocean um you know i can't say i'm very, I don't know, enthuse is the right word, but eh, it's Cthulhu. And then, uh, you know, more Aquaman craziness. We'll see what happens. Uh, I just thought it was interesting that of all the things that come out of that movie, that was the thing that's like, oh, we needed to make that a spinoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Uh, I didn't realize that there was a, a Charlie's Angels update, reboot, I don't know what to call it. Uh, with uh, three new angels, um, and it's people I haven't really heard of before, which is fine. Uh, but the director is Elizabeth Banks. Um, she's oh really? Yeah, she's got some some oh. directing producing credits on her belt, but I don't know if she's never done anything to this scale. Certainly nothing that was this action oriented. So so I'm curious to see you know what comes of it. 
not a huge fan of the the other two Charlie's Angels. But both of them were okay. Uh, if if borderline terrible at points. Uh, but uh, yeah, we get to look mm-hmm. forward to new Charlie's Angels. Uh, no idea. Uh, yet yet another sequel reboot uh, is on its way. Yay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's all that we wanted to mention. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, real quick. Remember the really cheap-looking robot suit from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? The cheap robots. Oh, oh, the, at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever wonder, hey, whatever happened to that robot suit? I have. It was in an episode of Hawaii Five O. Oh, really? It's a legitimate like robot suit. <laughs> They were chasing uh, after it, and the guy that was wearing it, and he used it to break into like a police station in order to get some evidence for a mob boss. <laughs> does that does that show still have the same two dudes? Uh, yeah, Scott Con and the other guy. Yeah, Jeez. Alex O'Houlihan or whatever his name is. Is Bo- <laughs> is Boomer still on that show? No. They had contract disputes because they wanted, after so many years, they wanted to get paid. Uh, she and Daniel Day Kim were asking to get paid as much as the main stars, Scott Kahn and What's-His-Face, because, well, they've been on for years. They've been in the main cast, you know, since day one. And uh, the studio said no, so they walked. Huh. And she's a Cylon. Who cares? hmm <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. The suit is still roaming around, so hopefully it'll get... <laughs> Some more use. Hollywood would get more Maybe use the next Star Wars movie. Yeah. Why, why not? Yeah. Uh, anything else, Alex? Nope. Uh, Jeff, anything you wanted to mention? Uh, just that they announced that The Batman is going to be made nope. by Matt Reeves. And it won't have Ben Affleck. I mean, I think other than that, we don't know. It's going to be more detective based, I think is what they said. I'm, so there it is. I don't know. I'm. I'll, I'll probably see it when it comes out, but I don't really care at this point. I'll definitely see it, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I just hope they cast the no-name guy. Yeah. I hope they, they should, cast they, Bruce they, Wayne. They should just get Will Arnett to voice whoever it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also recently saw uh, Lego Batman again. That movie's great. <laughs> Go watch Lego Batman, people. It's awesome. I, I enjoyed Lego Batman. I think they 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 stretched the joke a little too far. Uh, I think Batman in the the first Lego movie is like the perfect amount. No way. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything else, Jeff? No, that's it. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Mm-hmm.